0: You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I am your host today, uh, Michael. I am joined by Austin. Hello. And our very special guest today, Art Leo. Um, Hi. Hello. Hi. Thanks for joining us today. Um, now, we, we've we gotten a little familiar with you. We know you as a, you are a professional um, psychic, a professional tarot card reader. Yeah, you, you have a few other gigs, we know. Um, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> anyway, Can we're- you- we're we're very excited to have you on the podcast today. Um, mainly because we we've seen you through some of the social media connections that we've got. We've seen that you, um, you know, you have a really nice or a really kind of a fresh take, and I think an important kind of a voice around, uh, you know, like ethical practice within the spiritual community. Um, I mean, just I, I really I, I like I like what what I'm hearing you say a lot lately. And so, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself so that our listeners can can get to know you better?
1: well hi um everyone pretty much knows me online as art leo or they call me art or leo i'm fine with either or um and yeah i'm pretty much um for the most part the bulk of what i do online is um what i call tarot educational content Mm -hmm. and it's not just like learning the cards because i need to get back on that but um i also um i focus heavily on um tarot ethics and um general tarot practice as well. Um so in general that's like giving everybody the tools they need to kind of understand, you know, what is deemed like um again ethical practice, what is okay um during a reading um if certain signs of a reading that maybe you're reading with someone that's a little bit shoddy. Um and aside from, you know, tarot reading and all that, I'm also um a magical practitioner. I I personally don't use the term witch because in my culture, that's not the term we would use to describe someone like me. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, so I use the term as a general thing, magical practitioner, and specifically, um, I'm an East Asian occultist and folk practitioner. Um, And yeah, um, I think it's almost been, I want to say almost like a year and a half since I've been on TikTok now. Okay. So it's been quite a journey and I'm loving where I am and I'm glad I'm helping people along the way too.
0: <laughs> I, that's excellent. Um, can you give us a little bit of, 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 maybe a little bit of history? How did you get involved with uh, the tarot uh, specifically?
1: Okay, so ever since I could remember, honestly, I was super fascinated by the spiritual, metaphysical, paranormal and everything under that umbrella, basically, that any like wild teenager would. <laughs> but I was getting into it when I was like six years old, <laughs> so um, that kind of started, especially with like you know ghosts, shows like um, like Ghost Hunters and like everything like that. That's what started me in the paranormal stuff, and that also kind of segued into like spiritual practice okay. and just kind of learning about that, but. It, my fascination with tarot came about I think was through YouTube actually when I found out you know this was a thing um and uh fast forward about to when I was like 12 years old I want to say I was at a Barnes and Nobles and then I found a tiny little pocket deck at um oh. in one of those like you know at Barnes and Nobles they have like that little spinning kiosk that um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So I picked up one of those and then my dad was there. And keep in mind, I was raised um, Roman Catholic.
2: Ah, okay. So,
1: but also I'm first generation and my dad's English is meh. So I did end up tricking my dad into buying me my first tarot deck. All right. Not the most, not the proudest moment of my life, but I wouldn't be here without it honestly.
0: Um, something a lot of us have probably done at some point though or a lot of us did when we were younger right yeah yeah
1: yeah Yeah, little did he know that small little action just domino effect to where I am now (laughs) um and ever since then I was like I was I was doing that thing where it's like you first get a tarot deck for the first time you're kind of like having fun with it reading very casually and I was like giving readings in high school doing that thing where you flip through the book and just kind of see how it goes and I it was surprising I was surprising the results I got with um what I was able to do with the cards and I didn't take the study super seriously until I was about like 17 or 18 and that's when I entered college so that's when I was like okay if I'm going to do this I want to take it seriously and I want to be able to do it well that's gotcha. Okay. that's kind of where i've snowballed up into this point basically um you know i've been i'm trying to do a lot of hardcore tarot study while i'm like anytime i get some downtime so
0: yeah that's where i am now okay well i well i, I like that too And in, in watching um some of what you share through social media um you know i that's one of the things that i've enjoyed about um you know, just, just kind of watching and getting to know you a little bit is I, I really enjoy, uh, I, I tend to be a bit of an academic and I, I like the way that you present your information on the tarot with both the intuitive Uh, but, but you do focus a lot on like, you know, like, like what I again would consider kind of like the history, the, the, the academic component, you know, like, like this is, this is the traditional meaning. This is the knowledge. This is the lore around this. You know, I've seen you talk about a few things where you're like, this is kind of the history here. You know, this is kind of what this is. Uh, Mm Um, you know, so I, so I really enjoy that because I think there are a lot of people out there that when they're trying to learn the tarot, they need a good mix of both. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Because where I come from, or am I like. of view in this is that it has such a rich history that not a lot of people get the chance to kind of dive into that for one reason or another maybe because you know the history can be a little convoluted but um i made a point to say like you know all these meanings that we have now it came from somewhere and it has evolved from Mm -hmm. something so i think i think it's very important to at least touch on a little bit of history and and if you can dive in as much as you can, then great. Even if you don't like what you're reading, it did like all like those, you know, the old dudes from the Golden Dawn, like mm-hmm. they kind of, without them, I don't think we would have tarot at all, like what it is today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I, we, we would definitely agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're they're um, big time, of course, big time colonizer. Mm-hmm. organization oh, going totally. on, right? Yeah. But, but, but we, yeah. do, we have to kind of, I think we have to be honest about the fact that, yeah, that we, we may not have access to many of the things that we do now with our, our modern
3: spiritual mm-hmm. practices without organizations like that. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, well that, um, that, that, goes for a lot of stuff in witchcraft because a lot of mm-hmm. traditional witchcraft just in general was familial or very close knit and very secretive. And so when we look at these things and we go, go and expand, that, that, that's what it ends up being is some white bitch decided that they were going to do this. And then boom, <laughs> here we have things like Wicca. <laughs> uh, yeah, as, as, and as,
1: unfortunately, a lot of us probably wouldn't have embarked on this path without Wicca. Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah.
3: just just a tiny little tangent segue, that's, that's one of the reasons why, even with books that we would still consider problematic and authors that we consider problematic, mm-hmm. it's important that we still encourage younger newer practitioners to read those so one they know what's wrong and two <laughs> two so they can actually get some sort of actual information around um maybe more historical things yeah. obviously raven wolf isn't one of them but you know it's because <laughs> <Yeah. we're- laughs> well, bless <laughs> her heart bless her heart her heart was in the right place but so much historical inaccuracy in her, in her chest, right? the yes. was in her chest, yes. <laughs> um, anyway. Okay, so uh, let's, so let's, let's, let's kind of stare, stare back toward the tarot, though. Did you yeah. have to a uh, How do you feel uh, cartomancy fits into your personal spiritual practice?
1: Oof. I mean, I try to do it as much as I can, honestly. Um, as far as it, um, I use it, I don't know if people necessarily like use it the way I do. I kind of use it as a, as a strategic tool to, um, more so than like, oh, I'm just going to like look at, see like what's up ahead. Like what's my forecast. So you, I use it as such, but then I'm like, okay, what can I do to better my situation? And what can I do to maybe circumvent a few things? So there's a lot of strategic planning as to what I do. So it's like, if I see this one situation, I'm like, how can I find an alternative or what can I do to kind of mitigate the situation or take more, a little more control over um, the situation? And I do that also. I kind of also do. um, So part of my like East Asian practice as well is that I uh, practice the I Ching as well, I Ching divination. Okay. Uh, So I actually use the tarot with the I Ching because I find when I use it together, it actually like melds really well together to understand the situation I'm going through. And with the I Ching, it actually is designed to give you like you know a lot of advice as to like how do you act in this situation or how should you act or how should you move forward so that's a really big thing um for uh that's a really big thing for me and I think um for everybody else like if you like if you don't do any kind of form of divination I mean a lot of us do like anybody listening I'm if you're a practicing witch or a magical practitioner mm-hmm. of some kind I I mean, I advise in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't have to be tarot. It can be, you know, you can use pendulum if you want to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I use it as like a insight um, or to get more insight, to get interest and more specifically introspection, actually, just okay. to kind of understand more so yourself. Because I feel like a tar- the tarot in itself is a reflection of the outside world and the internal world as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we would, we would both agree. I, oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're also as, as, you know, as uh, people who do work with the tarot, um, I've noticed that that, that seems to be like at least half of the work, you know, like, I mean, mm-hmm. we, of course, we always have this association with divinatory work with, with tools like the tarot, but, um, yeah. but in agreeing with you, I, I would say, yeah, like there mm-hmm. does seem to be a lot of like, um, you know, people who are involved in intense processes of like, you know, like personal, um I don't, I don't know what you don't know, even call, like psychological kinds of things, mm-hmm. things that kind of move yeah. a bit into the realm. Like the tarot does also seem to be a, an invaluable tool for that kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so. Um, I, mm-hmm. guess, I guess I little, a little bit of a tangent here, or again, kind of like a little, you know, slightly different direction. Um, Let's do it. What do you, you, as far as like, um, you know, one of the things that I know for sure our listeners are going to want, you know, because people are always looking for like clear recommendations and things. Do you have any advice on people who are like looking to buy that first tarot deck or do you have any particular decks that you would really recommend?
1: Ooh, okay. So my first deck was a little hard for me to read. So that's definitely um at first, because there was a lot of like it was there wasn't a lot of symbolism to it. Mm -hmm. Um so looking back, um I would just say if you can find a deck that where if I mean with the age of the internet now, we have so much access to like, you know, type in just any deck and then see a lot of the cards that are in a certain deck. So I do highly recommend um, you know, doing a lot of research on particular decks first or at least like just give through the cards and like pick one card and be like okay how can I dissect this how can I like semi understand what's going on because um I also um I had I had a slight art background before I like took tarot seriously so um art interpretation was such a big thing Hmm. um a big tool that I used to kind of understand more and more of the cards so and you know to interpret art you don't need the vernacular of like, Oh, like, here's like how I like, I like how the composition is made. It's not any of that. It's more so. It's like, can I like just break down, like, even just a little thing. It's like, why is this person like, you know, there's, this person's like tiptoeing and this person's like, um, it looks like they're bound. So can you at least tell me what's going on even on a surface level, even on the surface level that unlocks a lot for you? Um, but the second thing is always, like, can you tell what's going on in the cards? And also, um, any books I recommend? Well, the first thing, I personally would not recommend the uh, Pictorial Key to the Tarot okay. uh, by Arthur Edward Waite as your first book. Because the language in that book is a little much. It's, it's like trying, you know that essay um, in school where it's like, it's a little too fancy. You're like, yeah. you're trying to fill up a word count.
0: Yeah, it, yeah.
1: It feels like I'm reading that.
0: That's um, okay <laughs> okay
1: yeah that's, so, a,
0: that's a very that's so, like a very ae weight kind of kind of thing though yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah
1: um so surprisingly enough it's not my first recommendation unless it is your first book then roll with it if you can but um <laughs> some of my favorite books are um there's two by rachel pollack i really like um mm-hmm. The New Tarot Handbook is one of her newer-ish publications. Um, It does, it's a nice, like, it's a nice size that's a little bit smaller than her other book, The 78 Degrees of Wisdom, Mm -hmm. which both are fantastic books. I think the New Tarot Handbook is a little bit of an easier Mm -hmm. read for some people just because of the size of it. So that would probably be a really nice, um, you know, trajectory point if you can get your hands on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I... I mean, I stand by this book and you guys have probably seen this book pop up on my page every so often, but Holistic Tarot by Benabel Wen is, I think, a really phenomenal um, reference book. I would not recommend trying to read the book front to back because that's a lot of work. Um, And the type of academic work that she puts into this book shows. So, you know, you know, she does a lot of, she focuses the deck on the Rider-Waite-Smith system, or the book on the Rider-Waite-Smith system, but um, she also has references on, like, historic um, ways to use the tarot, or, like, different spreads that she uses, um, even, you know, how certain cards are meant to relate to certain subjects, like, um, like, uh, career, and in um, love, and stuff like that. So yeah. those are like my top three recommendations right now, but I do have a lot of like books I'm sifting through. So that could change later on.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I think, I think we can both relate to that. Yeah. We, we always have different yeah. recommendations or evolving mm-hmm. recommendations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so kind of along the same line. So we we get, you know, we, we of course, we, we actually, you know, run a metaphysical shop and we, we carry a selection of tarot cards in the yeah. shop. And
1: I forget but, one now. So yay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's kind of, it's uh, there. They are can be at the same time one of the funnest, the coolest places to work, and also one of the most frustrating places to work. Uh, and based based on the clientele and the people coming in. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, but we, one of the conversations that we have uh, a lot in the shop is, you know, we have the people that come in that have this idea that their first tarot deck is, needs to be something more traditional. Like, you know, we always have these people come in that are like, you know, they want to go with the Rider-Waite. They want to go with the, um, the, the Marseille. They want to go with, uh, like one of the old Torochi mm-hmm. style decks, you know, or they want, um, say like, even like the Talt deck, the Alistair Crowley's mm-hmm. Talt deck, you know, and, um, you know, and while I can see value in wanting to kind of go with something a bit more traditional, um, you know, I, we very often, we, we, we kind of fall back on that. well, you know, go with something that really does, again, kind of call you personally. So what are your thoughts on that? Like, do, do you see value in sticking with some of those older or more traditional facts?
1: I think for some people, I think would, sometimes it would be more beneficial for some people. However, for the most part, my First, my number one advice, and this is what I tell people when they come into the shop that I work at, um, find a deck that you personally resonate with. This this sounds like a cliche, but it's honestly, I believe it's true. Mm -hmm. So it's like, find a deck and like, look it up. As I said, like all of us, a lot of us, most of us have a computer in our pocket. So we can always, like, I always tell people, you're more than welcome to look it up on your phone just to see if you jive with it. And worst case scenario... We'll keep on looking for you. Um, I do, however, do, like, say as an aside, like, mo- like a lot of people do stick with the Rider-Waite-Smith in my store um, just because they see it as, like, the deck. And yeah. I we oftentimes also tell people, like, if you can learn the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, you can probably pick up any other deck. Yeah. If- worst case scenario in the future. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you... Because for me, actually, I did not jive with the Rider Waite Smith deck until years later actually even like um I think my second deck was actually the classic yellow box like yeah like late or early 80s like ninety, like
2: uh
1: Rider Waite Smith and um what was it uh yeah it was just for some reason I just could not pick up mm-hmm. like any of the messages as easily um so took a step back and I actually gave that deck away to somebody um but for me um that was the case and you know i learned off of a different deck i learned off the um sierra marchetti uh gilded tarot actually okay um and that deck for some reason was just a lot more like i it was just so much easier for me to kind of pick up on it yeah so you know it's not a universal thing to pick out your first deck or to pick out a deck in general yeah so i always say you know as cliche as it sounds trust your gut and just do a little bit of study before you make that final purchase
3: yeah yeah i usually just tell people like which one do you like the most (laughs) like like it really does come because i i I remember there was a crazy like your deck has to be given to you your deck has to be given to you yeah and i'm like no because when i I was i was reading tarot professionally and i had a deck that i loved and i worked with that deck and one of my friends thought oh i'll get them a new deck because they're supposed to be gifted and it was the if my friend is listening to this i love you i'm so sorry uh, it was the medieval cat tarot oh <laughs> and <laughs> which is I, which is a cute deck. it's a cute, it's deck. cute. <laughs> um <laughs> i was like oh this is so cool and at first i was like this is gonna be awesome i opened it up and they were like fuck you i'm not talking and i was like oh okay so i used them in spell work because <laughs> i was like that's what we're gonna be used to do for mm-hmm. i also had someone give me the medieval Skippini, and i was like apparently the medieval stuff and i just you don't know the medieval. medieval
1: stuff two for two or zero for two basically right now like, exactly yeah,
3: yeah um i mean one of my favorite decks is the 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 traditional dragon tarot is what i read with for the longest time and apparently people think that it's just mean and i'm like well hello. well (laughs) they're dragons they don't care
1: (laughs) it is a really cool deck and i've seen i love it yeah
0: so so as we were talking about at the beginning of the episode um you know you you've spoken uh, you know quite a bit on you know uh the uh you know ethical practice you know that we need to uh see and expect from psychics, you know, professionals that we go and and, and see, uh, you know, and, and potentially you know, give our money to for for readings and services, um, you know. And, and I know you've got a lot of information out there, and we're going to share um, your social information when we get this episode posted, so that people can can go and see what you've got going on. But for but for the moment, and for the people who are listening, you know, do, what 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 do you, advice do you really have, or what would you tell people who are um, you know, they're looking to, you know, to work with, you know, a, a practitioner, psychic, you know, card reader, whatever the title may be, that that is, you know, that is legitimate, ethical, you know, um, that, you know, like, they are what they claim to be. Like, what what advice or what tips do you have for people?
1: Yeah. So, my first and foremost thing is, like, how much outside research can you do on this, on a particular person, if you're, like, if say that you're searching out a specific psychic, like they're finding their business, um, this is, so basically not going to a st- like a metaphysical store, and they have psychics on rotation. That's a different story. Yeah. Um, so how much outside research can you do? and do they have like a reputation outside of, um, or just you know their website basically? Yeah. Um. So it gives you a little bit more of like a little more, I say, cushion room to kind of say, you know what, this person probably has um, a little bit, more is a little bit more trustworthy because they also have a reputation to kind of almost protect and, you know, they have to know they got to do what they do well. Um, another thing is, is that um, I'm not a lot of, like, I don't see this a lot. And I don't see people outwardly saying like, this is what I don't read. And this is what I don't do, or this is what I don't do. You know, um, you know, there are some people that come to me and they're like, Hey, I'm like, they come to me, like asking if I can contact their deceased, recently deceased loved one. And I'm like, listen, I don't provide mediumship services because it's not something I am comfortable doing for you Mm -hmm. at the moment. So, you know, are they very upfront and, you know, honest. And one thing I would even advise is if you can even afford to like, um, get a little extra time just to talk to them talk to them and ask them what they feel like or what services they how would they describe themselves Mm -hmm. and like you know what specifically like what services can they provide because if they say that like can like do a little bit of everything I'm like a little skeptical about that yeah Yeah.
0: um I agree yeah Mm -hmm. keep going you're good yeah
1: (laughs) sorry um let me see what other notes did I put in here Oh, and also understand, not every reader is suitable for every person, just in general. Yeah. So if you want to find like that kind of relation where you go back to this person every so often, like once, maybe once a month or something like that. And, but you know, you go to a psychic, and they're like it. The you just feel like the energy's not connecting, or they're not connecting very well to you. It's probably not that It's probably not that they're you know a fraud or anything like that. <clears throat> It's probably because, um, you know, I kind of view it as like finding a therapist as well. So yeah. not every therapist is going to be meant for every person, um, because we all have such different backgrounds, we all have such different energies, that even. So, um, you know, it could be just the case of like, hey, I don't think we jive well, super well together, um, and maybe even like, you know, for a lot of therapists, they even have like a round of people being like, hey, you might be do really well with this, my colleague in this field. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times um, a psychic would do that or, or a tarot reader would do that. But personally I would, and I'd be like, Hey, I know this really awesome medium. Go check them out. Yeah. Um, and then um, also they should never reach out to you. That's a really, really big, it's one of the biggest. red flags yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah. if you get an Instagram message thing, Hey, I'm like giving out free readings and like, listen, like, of the times that person is trying to fish you out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. mm -hmm. And um, that kind of leads me to, and honestly, part of it, in my opinion, you won't super know that there is a big red flag until you go into the session in person. Yeah. Because that's all about feeling at that point and how well that they're resonating with you. And also last tip I'm going to give about that is are they trying to sell you other services? Mm. Like that's the, that's one that you need to. It's not necessarily like always like a scam, but it's something you need to watch out for. And also like how much are they charging for those services? Extra services. Yeah. Um, and then that kind of goes on along like along the lines of like I'm gonna go back to like you know if you go to a metaphysical store and they have psychics on rotation
2: mm-hmm.
1: or just a psychic um, that they commission outside. Mm-hmm. Um. A lot of the times, you know, they, um, I find that those are a little, a bit of a safer bet for most people just because, um, you know, the psychics then are kind of considered outside commissioners. Mm -hmm. Um, so there is a little bit of like a reputation to um, uphold, like, are like, you know, not just like, you know, are they getting positive feedback, but we've had to kick out somebody before that, you know, just was never on time. Gotcha. and just would never like and wasn't able to upkeep the schedule very well and that was just frustrating on the stores end. so yeah that was, so that kind of like repertoire needs to kind of be upheld so they there's a little bit of pressure on that end for them as well okay. so as long as there's a little bit of pressure to kind of for them to uphold what they do i think they're a little bit more trustworthy in that end okay
0: I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. And that, that's, that's an
3: issue that we deal with at our
0: shop on occasion.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and, and even at like, if you're going to a metaphysical shop, chances are someone there has vetted them who works there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've never read in a metaphysical shop or worked at a shop and not had to do a test read of some sort for either the manager, the owner, or, you know, yeah. um, head side. Yeah.
1: Or at least door. like do a day basically.
3: Yeah. Sometime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So um talking about, you know influences and and pressures uh you know to keep practitioners people who do this kind of work you know honest and you know and ethical Mm -hmm. um what what are your uh, what are your thoughts on and I guess I before I ask this question I need to explain this a little bit so yeah we we talk a lot in our store with classes that we teach things like that because we we, we've taught classes you know on, on how to you know take your practice further to get to a point where, you know, maybe you've got the skill, you're working as an intuitive, you know, and then really how to kind of move that into a professional level. You know, we've taught classes on those things. We, we talk a lot also about ethical practices and things like this. Um, You know, and my, my, my personal opinion on this. And one of the things that I've talked about with a lot of students over the years is that within the spiritual community that I think those of us who have established ourselves as ethical legitimate practitioners in whatever capacity but we also have a little bit of a responsibility to kind of police the community you know um you know and i and i I, you know and i know that 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 there's there's certainly there's a gray area there absolutely i can understand that for many people but um but i kind of feel that because we work in an industry if you can call it that that doesn't really have any self-regulating kinds of mechanisms that when we become aware of someone that is, you know, they, they are unethical, they are a charlatan, they're not what they claim to be, that we do kind of have a bit of a responsibility to, I guess, not call that person out, but to, to try to do what we can to, like, limit the amount of harm that person can do to people. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts or what, what, are, your, what are your ideas or p- opinions on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, on the TikTok and just social media sphere, I mean, it's obviously a lot easier for some of us to, you know, like call some people out if,
2: yeah, or, yeah.
1: if, if we spot shoddy behavior, yeah. um, in our industry, however, like in person, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if there's necessarily a way for us to kind of like, we can't really call them out. So the best yeah. thing that we'll do is, you know, probably, um, whether just use our voice, basically, you know, do we have any, like, is there seminars going on? Um, or, you know, just spread the information as much as we possibly can, because I obviously don't have as big of a platform as some other people um, on, you know, the TikTok sphere. But I know at the very least, it's like what I'm, if I can at least reach a few people, that can cause a domino effect to um, occur being like, hey, like, you know, if like this reader is acting a little like, hey, here's some like, or when I started off, it's like, hey, like, here's some red flags as far as, you know, if a reader says this, you know, play, play or pay closer attention. Watch out. Yeah, if that reaches a few people and then they can kind of spread the word to their friends, at least. Mm. Um, so it's honestly just being as upfront with our voice as possible.
2: Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. And I guess, and I guess, the way you put that—that that you you put that in a way that I think is much more clear than the way I did. I think it's it mm-hmm. probably has less to do with calling out the practitioner and more to do with making people aware of the problematic behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah okay. It's- yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. Let's, um, if you're okay, again, we're going to, we're going to switch gears a little bit because this, this is something that we, this is a conversation that I think is, is being had a bit more commonly, um, within our community. Thank God, because it, it needs to be had until we can see some change around these things. But, um, but you,
1: you, you are a person of color. You are, are you're Asian, right? Eastern, Eastern Asian. Yes. I'm mostly Vietnamese, but it's a little bit of a mix in there. Okay. Okay. As a
0: person of color, who is also part of the LGBTQ plus community, right? Um, Have you noticed that either of those components of components, have you noticed that either of those things that are basically just innate, like that's who you are as a a person, right? Have you noticed that those are things that have affected your work within the spiritual community in, in either
1: good or bad ways? I mean, honestly, um, with, ooh, um, if y'all can hear it, outside noises, don't mind. Yeah, you're, you're
0: You're no worries. You're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, but honestly, I kind of entered the sphere. I think at an age where we are becoming much more ex- um, society as a whole has become a lot more accepting of a lot of our differences. So I feel very fortunate to you know enter the sphere of like you know spirituality and divination at the time we are at now at least. and um, with you know we become so much more um, understanding and open about um, you know our um, sexual preferences or sexual identities and um, you know what makes me essentially a minority Um, what I do find a little bit difficult about my practice or what I do as like an East Asian practitioner however is that not everybody quite it's not a mainstream thing and I fully like get that and no one's going to really understand what I do necessarily. Um, you know, I still get called a witch, which I don't mind that in the, in the Western sphere, but you know, I still make the time to educate like, Hey, this is not a proper title for me necessarily. Yeah. Um, and also like some of the mechanics of, you know, a lot of East Asian occultism too is quite different than you would find in the West. So some of the things that, you know, are kind of like, you know, Bible here, ironically, um, yeah. our Bible here, it, it's just, it works a little, either a little bit differently, or it's just almost the opposite sometimes
2: yeah.
1: over in the East. Yeah. So that's something I've noticed is like, and what has been taken from East Asian, like, or just Asian culture in general, as far as spirituality goes has been quite bastardized
2: yeah yeah
1: so that's something that I've also made a point to use in my uh use my platform for to educate more and be like hey you know certain definition certain words that you're using are not quite the proper definition of what it was originally so the big one is obviously karma and I probably made way too many videos on that
0: <laughs> no, I think yeah. that's what, no, that, but, but as, as I was saying, like, I think these, these are important conversations. These are conversations that we need to continue to have because, you know, I, I, again, I think that, you know, if we're working in a professional capacity, we, we do kind of have a bit of a responsibility to, to, to educate a bit. Right. Uh, particularly when we're seeing something that that has, as you said, that has been bastardized, something that has been taken and, and really corrupted, you know, or, or become you mm-hmm. know, something entirely different, you know. Um, and I'm seeing a lot more people now in our community, uh, you know, d- just different practitioners of all kinds, you know, uh, that are kind of stepping up and saying, like, this isn't what this is you know, or, or this, this is really the root of what this is. And if you're going to work with this, if this is something that is available for you to work with, you at least need to honor it as, as, you know, as it was originally intended. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, I think, yeah. So I, I agree with you completely. Yeah. Do um, you have any comments on that Austin? You've been very quiet. <laughs> he he always feels weird. I know this is what I do. I ask him a question and then I talk over him. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He always feels like he talks too much. Cause I tease him. I always say, God, you talk too much, dude. And then he's like, then he's afraid to say anything. Um,
3: go on, please, please speak. Yes. I, 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 I just agree with wholeheartedly everything that you're talking about. Oh. <laughs> because the thing is, the thing is, is the, the, there's, there's this weird, there's this weird stigma that has happened around gatekeeping. And the thing is, is, if it weren't for gatekeepers, then a lot of the traditions that we actually practice and the roots therein, we wouldn't have because it would have been exterminated. You know, if it weren't for my family being gatekeepers of my Italian folk magic practice and my grandmother who re- my, who refused to teach anyone in the family other than me or anything like that then then we wouldn't have that tradition and so when we get into things where uh, just example with east asian magic where people have taken that and bastardized certain things of it it is totally up to personally people who are practitioners legitimate practitioners such as art uh to actually stand up and say hey like that's not incorrect but then you have people like you're gatekeeping yeah all i can say all i can say because i've been called a gatekeeper i think at least 13 times in the past two days look um daily daily. um, (laughs) just because i was like this is not actually what a cord cutting is and people are like you're gatekeeping i'm like "Uh, uh, yes (laughs) i am and i'm I, i i and I will gatekeep things that need to be gate kept, gate, that, that need to be kept, you know? Um, people want to learn more about Italian magic. And I'm like, well, I can't really talk to you about that because you're not a part of my tradition. You're gatekeeping.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But yeah, I am, like. Yeah,
1: yeah like, I'm what <laughs> sure I can't preserve what my craft is at its core. And I think exactly. that's not what, yeah. I think a lot of people are just so focused on, like, just access of information. Like, there's a big... I think I kind of blame our consumerist society for that reason.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: Like there's this feeling that, you know, everything should be available for us to learn. Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. Well, and on top of that, like, like you mentioned before, we have computers in our pocket. So we're so used to being able to go online to Google to whatever and type in that thing and get an immediate answer. It's Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's so frustrating for someone who's been, who, who does this professionally because when when you're talking about things like tarot or witchcraft or folk magic or whatever it is when these things are brought up and you're like can you not do your own research yeah. um or, or you go actually i did an entire video series on that and their is, well tag me in it like no like that's your job. You're getting all like the information. Find it. Like you've gotten all this information for free already. So maybe you should just hop back yeah. back and know. do the thing. And so, so it's it's really important, um, in my opinion, that we make sure that we try and allow things to be accessible that should be and can be accessible, and protect those things that require initiation or lineage. This is your this
0: is your hill. Yes, this is your hill this week. Okay. Um, that's I have okay. many
2: things. That's okay. Then, that's okay. Yeah.
1: I also, a lot of people will probably notice is that I don't talk a ton about my um, my personal magical practice because a lot of it does come from, um, you know, traditional practice from, you know, back in the motherland and also a little bit of like what I've learned um, from uh, immigrants here too. Mm-hmm. Um, and reason being is because I'm going to be very upfront and honest and say, I don't trust the majority of TikTok, at least with the information that I know. And a lot of the information that I had to learn was, is very difficult to come by. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it's not because it's like, oh, I did the work. So I'm going to make you do the work. It's just the fact that I, the understanding needed to understand certain practices, even because you need to, because the magic of, a certain practice is more than just the magic, it's the cultural context too. Yeah. So um and, and
2: much more um, than in a three minute
1: video. Oh yeah. And the cultural and you know, the culture of, you know, an East like say like Chinese ancient Chinese society is gonna be very different than, you know, the um the occultism from like Great Britain in the eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot that's why a lot of the times the language doesn't quite translate over very well, or it's very difficult for us to understand at a surface level what, you know, some of these symbols even mean.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I think we're also um, in the process, you know, like along the lines of this discussion, you know, I think we're, we're also having to be a bit more honest or we're having to accept that there are people out there who, for a variety of reasons, um, you know, have really kind of established uh, a sense of entitlement. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's this like, well, no one's ever told me no before, and now you're telling me I can't have this, and I'll show you. You know, and you know, it seems yeah. there there are people out there who cannot just accept like this is something that's not meant for you you can't have this and it's okay that you can't have it because you have access to these other things. So stop, you know, like, stop, just let these other people have this, you know? Um, And I've noticed that a lot too. It's almost like this spoiled brat mentality. It's like somebody finds out that something is closed for some reason and they make it a personal goal to be able to, you know, now I have to have this. And it's like, no, you don't calm down. You know? Um, Yeah.
3: Um, So well, there are just better ways to go about that too. If you find out that something's closed and you want and you want to learn more about that closed practice or that closed tradition, then seek out an elder in that tradition, seek out an actual practitioner, mm-hmm. and just try and build a relationship and be respectful about it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 not that hard to just be respectful, and instead of just being entitled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I. I I've taken oaths for various initiations that I have and things that I can't talk about. But the reality of the situation is, is if someone approached me respectfully and they said, hey, I'd love to have a conversation with you about this, then, okay, cool. Let's see how we can work this out. Yeah. But just demanding it will automatically, for most people, get a, no, no. Yeah. This is even more closed now. Now there's a fucking padlock. So, oh, yeah. um, so yeah. yeah. Okay. I've, I've got kind of a, another fun question. Something that
0: kind of just popped into my mind. We were talking, I should have brought this up a few a while back when we were really focusing more on the tarot. Um, oh, don't maybe, worry. maybe we should pull things back to the tarot. Cause that's really kind of the, the topic of our, <laughs> of our discussion. today. Uh, not, 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 not that I haven't enjoyed our, uh, this other conversation. Cause I love these kinds of talks. Oh,
2: um, oh, I love it.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, one, one other thing that that I know I've, a lot of our listeners are probably w- would like some clarification on and, and I would just like your take on this is but um, layouts, like there continues mm-hmm. to be a bit of debate when working with the tarot about using you know what would be considered traditional layouts. you know we, we all those of us who have studied are all familiar with Celtic cross, oh um, you know these kinds of things. what's what's your take on that? like as far as like utilizing those things effectively or do you find those are
1: necessary? I mean, I find them personally useful to know because, you know, for the most part, you know, before, I want to say like before the ninth or night or 1990s, um, before then using spreads was kind of ubiquitous. Like it was by like, every, almost everybody you found was using some kind of spread of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, So I find for that reason, if you want to do a little bit more historical research, learning some of the spreads, or at least like the basic spreads is, you know, might be important to know. But in nowadays, it's become more popularized, uh, more intuitive styles of reading have become a lot more um, popularized um, as of late. So um, I don't, I personally think it's up to the, Um, Individual at that point, you know, especially when it comes to your own reading practice, whether you do it for yourself, whether you're just reading, you know, friends for fun, even in like if you decide to go to the professional sphere, I just would say if you're going to do it, do it well. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do it like just if you're just going to pull like three cards at a time and just kind of see how things transpire, if you're going to do it, be able to read that style very well. And if you're going to read spreads, read spreads very well.
3: Yeah. Okay. All
1: right.
3: Yeah. I I I agree with that. There's um, I mean, you need to know your tools, and spreads are just one tool when you're reading cards or tarot of any Mm -hmm. kind. That's true. You know, I mean, you have spreads and tarot, you have the houses in the Normand and the Grand Tableau and and all other things. And you need to know it well. I I can't tell you how many times I've seen someone who's working professionally just read to someone out of a book and it's very yeah yeah once I think once yeah once you get to the level professional I'm kind of like you you probably need to put your book away but, like um like there's a there's a wow. there's a time and a place where that is I mean yeah. you want to do the reading and then at the end of the reading you're like hey so I think you also would really like the artistic interpretation of the cards or, or so on and so forth. And then go ahead, like, go ahead and do that. But at that yeah. point, that's no longer a reading. That is, let's have fun. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's discuss. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's frustrating on yeah. that. To me.
1: And there's kind of like this movement going on with, you know, tarot talk and a uh, witch talk in general, um, where we're trying not to shame people for using the book in interpreting, especially for other people. And to some degree, like, you know, the learning phases of trying to go professional even Um, because, you know, for some people, you know um, I know for the argument for, um, you know, some people uh, are not neurotypical for it's very difficult for them to maintain, you know, you know, 78 definitions, if not double that for you know (laughs) if you include reversals of any kind yeah um so there's that argument and i'm trying to i want to leave room for that as well but if you're going to the professional sphere where you're charging maybe upwards of like i want to say like at least like 20 dollars for like say a 15 minute or like a two to three question session or something like that around that rate then that's when you know uh, when we're getting customers our customers are not aware of that like of like, you know, because to a customer, flipping through the book while you're getting a reading done that you paid for
2: mm-hmm. is
1: quite odd, to say the least, Yeah, if not unprofessional. So to that extent, I do, yeah, I would say like, you know, once you're in the professional sphere, you know, if you're ever working for a shop or working in a fair, when you're working with complete strangers, yes, then you then I think you need to do your due diligence and try your best to find a system that works for you in order to get out of the book. Yeah. Agreed.
3: I, I agree with that because um, I mean, there have been times where particularly if I'm working with a new Oracle deck mm-hmm. where I, I do need to check that because I'm looking at, it and I'm like, this is what I'm getting, but I don't feel like that's right. And so I won't do this when I have a client, you know, I will do this if it's just for me. So that way I, I will go and I'll look at it and I'll be like, oh, that's why. It's because there's these other cards around it. And so mm-hmm. there there is once again with everything, there's that gray area where yeah. yes, it's all right, <laughs> but you know, if if you're paying $90 for a 30 minute tarot reading, yeah, I'm gonna be like, Oh, you're taking your book out. Is this because what's happening? What yeah. You you know? So that's <laughs> <so, laughs>
0: You mentioned, so just, cool. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, more than a little. So you mentioned a moment ago, um, uh, oh, Austin, Austin will be right back. Um, you mentioned uh, a moment ago, you talked about, uh, reversed cards and, um, and I'm always, I always, when I, when I find out someone's a reader, this is actually a question I ask a lot of people when I, when I discover that, um, What's your personal view on that? Because I know I've, I've seen, uh, particularly again with a lot of people who are newer to the tarot, people who are, are in that phase of learning, I've noticed um, this this thing lately where like, well, I don't read reversed cards. Like I don't read reversed cards. What's, what's your take on that? I'm curious.
1: I think personally, I'm at the point of if it's like for you, if that works for you, that works for you. I personally read reversals because I... I am of the belief that, you know, I can get a little bit more like insight into a situation if I'm reading reversals. But, you know, actually back in the day, I think it was more prevalent to not read reversals because of how spread heavy um, you know, readings back then were. So the, you know, back then I don't think it was necessarily we would what we would call reversals, I think back then would be called ill-dignified in certain positions. Yeah. So um, it's all a matter of, for me, it's just a matter of, you know, what works for you. Because again, we're at, I think we're at an age where tarot is evolving so quickly now that, or the practice of tarot is evolving so quickly that so many more possibilities are open to just everybody and to each their own, basically.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. So one of the other things that I've noticed, um, and again, I want to get your take on this because this this one for me, I'm gonna admit, per, per, just personally, I have, I have a I have an issue with this one. This one bothers me. Um, mm-hmm. But I've noticed a lot of people talking about her. There, there still seems to be kind of like like chatter in the community, and a lot of people. And again, I notice it's a lot of newer practitioners, newer people, who are people who are new to the tarot. Um, but this whole thing about like canceling certain cards. Oh, like like I've heard, you know, like, like people like, oh, I don't, I take the tower card out of my deck because I don't need that kind of negativity. And I'm like, what? (laughs) So what's your take on that?
1: That I'm just like, that's the type of person to me that runs away from problems and doesn't face them properly. And that's not a very effective, for me, that's not a very effective way to go through life because I believe wholeheartedly that the tarot is a reflection on our lives, whether it's internal, whether it's um, physical, metaphysical, um, all of that. And, you know, you know, unfortunately, but matter of factly, the tower situations are a part of our lives. The devil um, in the, in the tarot is a part of our lives. And you have to decide if you're face-to-face with that how are you able to confront that Mm -hmm. so that I do also take quite a bit of issue with with taking out you know the quote-unquote negative cards of the tarot because it it, for me that tells me the type of person you are and how you deal with things
2: okay Mm
0: -hmm. yeah I I, I, yeah I I would agree completely yeah life is uh Life just, life isn't like that, right? Life isn't always yeah. positive and, and perfect. Yeah. So, um, okay. This one could probably be a little more of a personal, well, definitely more of a personal question. Um, in your own practice, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, are there things that you, like, that you won't read on? Like, do you have any, like, boundaries? Like, I don't, I don't read on this.
1: There are two main things that I have put on my um, website, actually. Okay. where I have said I don't do readings regarding health emergencies or health-related issues okay. for the most part. And then I also don't do readings on – um. well, actually, let's do three. I don't do readings about the deceased, especially the recently deceased, because there's something about – there's something in my culture where we just don't talk to the recently deceased yeah. for a long time yeah. until a certain period. yeah. And then last thing I don't read upon is – um uh legal matters okay. or like public affairs because um the reason being is that for all of for at least the health and the legal matters thing that can sometimes get a few people into trouble because of certain jurisdictions you know certain and this is something that if you're going to go pro is something i recommend researching because surprisingly enough there are there can be some legal restrictions on readers depending on where you are about like you know is what I'm if I'm doing a health reading is that considered medical or practicing medicine or is that considered medical advice so um that's just something that a lot of us need to watch out for if that's something that we do do for whatever reason now as far as like pregnancy and fertility readings go that can sometimes that does fall under the umbrella of health um, and I do those in a very meticulous, careful way so that I'm not, you know, stepping on like, say the toes of a doctor or stepping in the realm of like, Oh, this is like my advice as far as like practicing medicine. Um, so there's a couple of things that I do in regards to that, that I'm a lot more like careful with just making sure I'm not crossing any line, any legal lines. Cause that can probably get me in trouble and I can't afford the lawsuit right now.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So those are a few things I don't read on. And then also the deceased, obviously I'm, I don't advertise myself as a medium because that's just, I personally just feel like that's a skill that I'm not comfortable with sharing. And some people like, will come to me for like, you know, like, Hey, like my, you know, my uncle like passed away last week or something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, according to my culture, we don't talk to them for this period of time. Mm -hmm. We don't try to contact them. In this period of time, they're adjusting to being a spirit in our culture. So that's, for the most part, why I don't do that also.
3: Okay. Well, Um, there's there's this weird thing where everyone thinks that because you're a psychic, that means you're a medium. Yeah. you read tarot, you're a medium. And that's just not the case.
1: Yeah. For a lot of people, that's not the case.
3: Yeah. And then you have people who are super unethical who will try and do that. And it's very frustrating. As a medium myself, (laughs) I I can't tell you how many times, how many times someone has come to me and they've wanted like a mediumship reading. Okay, cool. Who are we talking to? Oh, no, I just want you to just like, what about my job? And I'm like,
1: that's not a mediumship reading. (laughs)
0: that's not yeah. how this works. Yes, sir. What does my great, great grandmother think about the guy I just started dating? I like, <laughs> I love that one too. doesn't care. She's yeah. dead. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, yeah we, we got that one recently. Um, okay. Another, 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 like back, kind of back to what I was talking about a moment ago, because this, this is a, a conversation that I've had with many client, personal clients over the years. Um, what, what is your opinion or what's your take on not, reading in the sense that you are communicating with the deceased, but actually reading death.
1: See, I, I'm personally not the type of person to, uh, is that, in regards to like, you know, when is, is this person going to die kind of deal? Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. just for context, yeah. So, you know, someone comes in um, and like I said, this, this has happened to me a lot of times over the years. Someone has come in, you know, they've got like a, you know, a family member that is is maybe already experiencing some issues around health, you know. And I know we're kind of getting into like that health ter- territory yeah. kind of like this. Um, but, you know, but they've asked like point blank, they've been like, can you, can you just give me an idea? Like within the next year is that, you know, are they, are they going to die? You know, um, you know, and I'm, again, that's a very charged kind of, you know, what, what's your, what's your take on
1: that? If I was being paid, like, you know, if I was paying like a store's rate Mm -hmm. for, um, a reading of that kind, I would like, my thing is, you know. I would go through the scenarios first and just being like, okay, what, like, what's your plan and what's your trajectory? If you know, what if he goes literally in the next hour? Okay. What if he goes within the next year? What if he's going to be, what if he's going to make it up until he's like, until about like 10 more years
2: Mm
1: -hmm. they have, because I, a lot of what we do is that a lot of uh, in our industry, our clientele, Sometimes they just want an answer that they want. And that's kind of just like, they cling on to that hope, but they're also not taking into account, it's like, you know, there's almost any possibility that could happen once I flip these cards over and tell you what they say. Yep. Yeah. So for me, I, in my personal practice, like say you get a reading from my website, I wouldn't, that's probably going to be something I would say more than likely, I would say I don't feel comfortable doing this kind of reading for you because of how this could impact people around you, not just you, but people around you and how you would behave when you receive this information. Okay. Okay. But say if I was like in a store setting and like, you know, they already paid the, you know, 50 bucks or something for a reading. Um, Then in that case, I would break it down with them very slowly before I even pull cards, just have that conversation first. And that's something that I think needs to be had a little bit more with, you know, our industry as well.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. Do mm-hmm. you have any questions, Austin? What's your favorite deck?
1: Oh, <laughs> so my favorite deck, um, this deck I always keep in my bag because I always thought the artwork was like the most beautiful thing. The card stock quality is fantastic. And it also it's very, it's a little mm-hmm. unique because of its card shape as well. Um, it is, uh, and a funny little story that I will tell you guys about in a little bit is the, um, the Japanese mythology tarot by Naoki Yamamoto. And oh. this deck is actually a Japanese import deck. So it comes from Japan. The cardstock quality is quite thick, but is actually very easy to shuffle because the the cards are actually skinnier and longer than a normal like tarot deck that we get nowadays.
2: Oh, all right.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like it's harder to use, but I find it's actually very easy to use and they're quite they're still quite flexible for being thick. Um and the artwork is gorgeous. If you can ever look it up, please do the funny story about it is that I was gunning for this deck for probably about a year before I even got it because it's actually any Japanese import deck is quite expensive to get here in the U S. Okay. So, um, I was at Disneyland. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in Southern California for, um, any of you guys wondering. Um, so I, we, I was at Disneyland because, you know, a friend of, uh, a friend of mine was taking me to, you know, for a birthday celebration with, you know, a mutual, and, um, one of the rides that I never go on is Splash Mountain. Okay. Because, because I am not a fan of rides that have very steep drops in it. Yeah. <laughs> Just my thing. Yeah. Um, and to pressure me to go on, my friend decided to say, Hey, if you do it, I will order the deck for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you go on this one time, I will go on for you. I was like, took a deep breath. And I was like you know what let's just do it
2: <laughs> okay
0: and
1: then about a month later the deck came in the mail and i
0: was like yes okay, okay. Worth, it. It worth it it was worth it right hey hey right. I, I, <laughs> I think that's a great story and that sounds like that sounds like a really good friend um oh yeah that's kind of cool um so the the deck that you're talking about and i'll, I'll admit i'm not familiar with this one um
1: do if you I can bring it out sorry for the listeners you okay. probably won't
0: cool. be able to see it i wouldn't no, no worries you're good um My question, I guess the next question I had on that deck, though, how, uh, what, how do you find, I guess, not just that deck, but like other decks that would be maybe similar in nature, how, how do you find that, um, like the cultures kind of, oh, that's very cool. Even just the backs of those cards are awesome. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Those are gorgeous. Wow. Okay. Um, very, very nice. That's very cool. Um, how, how, What's your experience or how are you finding that when you see these, like these cultural kind of things, like you've got the, the Japanese influence of the mythology, the symbolism here, and then you take that and you kind of put that into, into a medium, kind of like the tarot, like, mm-hmm. do you like? I mean, obviously, you love this deck, so you must feel like they did a really good job with this one. Um, but what's your, what's your take on that? Because I know if we if we go far enough back, I mean, Asia has always had a history of cartomancy, like Car- cart not the tarot specifically, but cartomancy has been something that's been a component of, I think, Asian spirituality for a really long time. Um, so what is your what's your take on that? Do you have um opinions, ideas on how people kind of, kind of merge or connect these things. So, anyway, I guess the question I was, I was um, wanting to know was uh, again, um, what's your take on like that cross, cross-culturalism? I'm not, I'm not quite sure um, how much of that, of that question you heard initially. Um, yeah. I was, I was saying that, because I know if like, again, historically, if we go back, I mean, Asia has had uh, different systems of cartomancy for like, oh my God, forever you know, like, um, you know, but, but with the tarot specifically, or at least as we identify like the contemporary image of the tarot right now, or what we identify as tarot mm-hmm. now, um, how, how do you feel that has worked not just with this tarot deck that you were showing us, but with other decks, do you find that those things cross over well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think personally, I, you know, with a bunch of the cross-culturalism in tarot and especially when it comes to introducing mythologies within uh taking mythology from a certain culture and then implementing it into like a tarot even just one tarot card I think gives us a lot more leeway to kind of expand our definitions and expand what we know of the tarot because I think a beautiful uh, one really beautiful deck that I um love is also the tarot of the divine by Yoshi Yoshinata. um mm. and um printed here in the US but um, it's a beautiful deck and actually each individual card is a reference to some kind of popular mythology whether it's from like storybooks or whether it's from a mythology of a different culture Um, and um, with that it kind of opens the door to you know be a little bit more open be like okay if we're referencing this if this card is referencing this mythology then it kind of expands our definitions in a way, or expands how we read um, the tarot. Um, And I think that's, I think it's a very beautiful thing actually, because yeah, I think we should still learn the history, but there's a little, but I think progress has been made as far as that goes to kind of, you know, mix it all a little, mix a little bit of it together and kind of um, open tarot up to more people even.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. I just, I, I just, I'm always interested in hearing other people's ideas on that. So, yeah. Um, so is there anything, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're about an hour into our episode now. Is there anything, um, is there anything we haven't talked about or anything that you really want to make sure that we, we, we discuss before, before we, you know, before we wrap up today?
1: Huh? Um. Let me see. There isn't anything that come to mind. I wish I wrote anything down okay. if I came up with it.
0: No worries, you're, you're good. I yeah. Because I mean, usually if you if you've heard a few other episodes, I mean, you know, usually what we do is we you know we kind of talk about our we have our our focus, right? You know, our topic, yeah. and then, you know, and then at the end of the episode, of course, we always uh, we always go off into usually what proves yeah. to be a negative space with our what are we loving and what are we hating? Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know if it's um, negative yeah and i don't think i don't think we try to go negative but we it always ends up being kind of like a negative kind of exchange i don't know right? i feel i feel i feel a little bad about that that we end the episodes with that sometimes but um but i know a lot of people actually kind of love yeah, that people like too so anyway yeah. So, so yeah right yeah so um is it
2: me and yes it is you. yes, you yes you're the that. <laughs> exactly
0: yes um so let's i mean let's go there let's 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 go that that direction um mm-hmm. Is there anything, like, really, really is there anything you're loving and or hating about um, just, uh, just the spiritual community right now, really any aspect of the spiritual
1: community? As much as I love that spirituality now especially, I'm finding that in the metaphysical store that I work at, there are so many more people coming into the store now, and especially a lot of young people too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, back when I was even just going to that store as a customer, there's not as, there wasn't as many people coming into that kind of store back then, but now I think with TikTok and social media in general, I think, I think it's very beautiful that people are finding, you know, spirituality as, and even, um, you know, any kind of tool in general to help them progress in their life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My concern about it is, you know, because we live in a, our digital world is so quick and like how quick and digestible is everything there is a lot of room for things to be misconstrued for misinformation to go about there and also what a lot of people need to, i think more people need to keep in mind is that there's the concept of spiritual materialism or spiritual consumerism mm-hmm. that kind of plagues a few um our community as well yes um because you know with tiktok even there was this whole craze going on with you know, Carnelian Stone and Moldavite. Oh, yes. Lord. And Moldavite. Yeah. yeah. Those are the big two that, like, you know, stores across everywhere were like selling out of because it just got so popular. So it, it worries me a little bit that, you know, with this kind of like, it's a near consumer's culture, like, oh, if I get this, this will fix all my problems. Or, you know, if I get this, this makes me more spiritual. It's not a direct, like, it's not directly that. And I look that for a lot of people, they're going to say, it's like, I'm not like that. Deep down, there's something in us that, you know, in a way submits to capitalist society.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I, I think, yeah, we, we've all been so conditioned. Yeah. I, I yeah, mm-hmm. I would have to agree. Yeah. So, right. yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's the one thing I like, I'm like worried and concerned about for the most part, actually. Um, and also like with how many people are going into sphere, I know for a fact that people that do a little bit more to kind of take advantage of their customers and clientele, it gives them a lot more leeway to like, you know, make things that, you know, people want to see in like a spiritual sphere, you know, because you know, all the readings on the, you know, if you're going on TikTok and scrolling the for you page, if you're anywhere near the spiritual side of TikTok, you're going to see those readings on the for you page being like, if you see this, especially maybe for you Mm -hmm. kind of deal. Yeah and i i'm worried that that's misconstruing what you know spiritual practice you know should be for most of us to kind of better us
0: yeah yeah mm-hmm. I, I i would agree yeah I, you know we we talk a lot or we 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 speak a lot Austin and I both about um uh superficial kinds yeah. of spirituality yeah and so yeah i think i think I, yeah i i i know exactly what you're talking about and um yeah and i again i, I agree
2: yeah so
3: all right i will admit I've done like two, I'm going to shuffle cards and pull these out and here's some yeah. information, but I never, I never do the whole, like, if you scroll past this, this reading's for you, this is just, mm-hmm. like, this is what they have to say right now. So <laughs> then there are the ones, there are the ones where it's like, if you scroll past this, this is a sign Loki's reaching out to you. And I'm like, the fuck Loki's <laughs> reaching out to me.
1: Yeah. And I um, would, Oh, here's another, um, Another like red flag I'm like gonna throw out to people if they make their entire like thing, like their social media presence about those kinds of readings, mm-hmm. take a second, take a second, take a step back and kind of look back a little bit because that's a little bit of suspicious behavior because it just reads baiting, mm-hmm. like they're just trying to reel you in to, yeah. you
3: know, well, yeah. well, on top of that, let's think about it they're deities, they don't need. Someone to contact you through the for you page on TikTok.
0: Yeah, well, I, well, I mean, yeah, and I mean, and, he, and you know, they, they, I mean, we we talked about that earlier too. You know, we talked yeah, about people that go and fishing. it's like,
1: what authority does that one random person on TikTok have to talk for to speak for a deity? Yeah. That,
3: that one 15 year old who is shuffling some cards is totally talking to an ancient Nordic deity. Yeah, totally. Well, I think, you know, you
0: raise a good point there, though, in that, you know, and, and not strictly around the realm of, of people who focus their work purely through the communication with deity. But I, but again, talking about red flags and practitioners, I would think um, anybody that's going to have a, a you know, a spiritual practice, you know, and they're doing this for other people, right, in some, some yeah. capacity, they're offering their services to others. Mm-hmm. And it becomes very clear that they have focused that spiritual practice in such a particular way or around one particular kind of thing. I I think that would also potentially be like a bit of a red flag. Um, If only, if only because that's going to tell me that as someone that would go and actually receive service from that person, that everything that I'm going to get from them is going to be so singular in focus or, or filtered through that one particular thing. Um, And, and again, to clarify, I'm not talking about one particular practice, you know, but, but like one particular thing, like, like everything that comes through what, you know, what I say is coming from this one source of power or this one thing, you know, and for me, that would also kind of be like a, uh, you know, like, like, like not only like one, you need to diversify a little bit too. You know, like, like, again life doesn't work like that you know we can't get yeah. information from one source all the time um or shouldn't you know um yeah so I guess I think yeah you just, just the way you kind of explain that yeah I, again I, again I could absolutely see that being a, another challenge or something to consider so mm-hmm.
2: yeah
0: well are, are you loving and hating anything right now Austin I know you are
3: um no I already kind of talked about it I talked okay. about the the miss the the horrible horrible thing of like gatekeeping people just going off (laughs) like like there's a point to gatekeeping and you know what frankly i'm sick and tired of the whole baby witch thing mainly because i'm like i don't trust babies with open flame like that's not a very fair point i'm like i'm a baby witch i don't know any better and i'm like then why am I going to give you information on how to hex your ex? Yeah. Like that? No. Um, On top of that, uh, just the diversity, the the complete and total, like, here's the thing. TikTok is a good stepping stone. Yeah. That's what I always say too. It's it's very good to like get a little like, oh, here's a little taste. And now we're going to like, I want to do more research. I want to get a book. I want to outreach to someone. I want want to get more information. I should take a class on this. But then there's people who base their entire practice on that. And as someone who not only owns, but works in a metaphysical shop, there's this whole thing where people come in and their first instinct now, and I am not, I am not opposed to a good place, hex, binder, curse. Um, I am very much, I'm, you're Hex positive. I'm very Hex positive, um, but... When Same, even though I don't, in, haven't done one in years. Well, the <laughs> thing is, is, like, when people come in and their first initial instinct is, I'm going to do a Hex. I'm always like... Okay, like, right. that should be your last. curse should right. be your last resort. A Hex yeah. should be your second to last. But, like, I, I had this person come in and they're like, I need to do a Hex because this... Because on my mom, because my mom's drinking and blah, 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 blah. And I actually had to sit with them and I was like, okay, so you want this behavior to stop? Well, yeah, but I saw on TikTok that if I do a sour jar and I was like.
1: Well, I think, I think it's a shredded like, sour jar and the lemon hex too. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah, yeah. My I, favorite I, I is I the lemon it's... hex with the cinnamon on it. I'm like, are you making <laughs> a spiced cocktail? What's going on? I, I just, I, right.
0: think, I, I think it's probably just, Jenna, it's probably fair to say that People, particularly newer practitioners, have got to stop relying solely on social media presence for learning what they're doing. Also,
1: like, what's on, especially TikTok, because back in the day, we were only able to fit, like, a minute of content into, like, any information we're doing, unless we're doing multi-part, which nobody watches. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like, anything that was, like, quick and digestible for people to, like, get... People just want quick and easy, and they think spirituality is about quick and easy solutions to actual problems.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it, it's, it's really not. Nope. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. How about well, you? What are you? I'm, you? I'm, um, I don't know if I have anything this week, to be honest. We really, we kind of talked. Anything that I would probably throw in there was really probably something that we kind of sort of in a
3: roundabout way yeah. addressed today. Mm. Yeah. yeah it's it's been really awesome because i uh talking to art because i love i love their videos yeah. and um, yeah i love yeah. your interaction videos with like the metaphysical shop like <laughs> anything anything where you're like an in, in interaction with a customer i'm just like yeah yeah you're, like no, relatable well,
0: <laughs> those in particular oh god yeah we can definitely relate to those oh, and I, I, I don't you know i don't, I don't want to go too far down that path just because you know i don't want to um, forever yeah well yeah not only well not only will we be like interactions we've had um i'm just gonna say
1: every one of those videos i've made is based at least in some form of truth there's some areas where it's slightly exaggerated i'll be honest but there's a little bit of truth to like every single one of those videos i made yeah oh my god
0: yeah well you're so how long have you worked in the shop that you're in now
1: I actually started pretty recently, but I've been going to that shop ever since I was like eighteen.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, but even in even in the time that you've been there, you know, maybe the short time that you've been there, you know, actually, as as you know, someone who's working there now, um, it doesn't take long. We, yeah, you will know. Like we here and have some of the most interesting interactions with people. It it gets really, it's it's kind of crazy sometimes. And, you know, and when I say that, you know, in no way do I want that to sound like purely a negative thing, because a lot of the times those interactions are, uh, they prove to be very fruitful. They prove to be really good interactions. Um, yeah. but people will come into spaces like metaphysical shops with some of the most unbelievable ideas and expectations. And um, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you get it. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah. I, well, I had someone come in this week. They're in the shop a grand total of two and a half hours. Why are you whispering now? You need to speak Um, up. And they wanted me to educate them on how to use all of the herbs in the apothecary. We have over 101 different herbs. Uh. And they weren't getting that. I was like, well, what are you trying to do? Well, I just want to learn. Okay, but what are you trying to do? because that's how you're going to be working with those herbs yeah. and just it wasn't clicking and I was
0: just like well I think it goes back to what Art, Art was saying a moment ago about people want or have this expectation that this is all going to be mm-hmm. like like instant easy and digestible and, you know yeah. and, um, you know and it's not you know there really there doesn't seem to be there's a disconnect there people don't realize like yeah. this time and dedication
3: I, um yeah. I was like this close to being like let me get you some aconite root brew a tea it'll help you transition to the next realm You'll yeah. transition right to five D, bitch. no and I was like, no, no do No, Aconite. Don't do it. Let's not do that. Aconite, yeah, um, bad. Yeah. Don't listen yeah. to me. Don't I'm, listen to Austin. Austin is
0: evil. He is a wicked <laughs> witch, and he will lead you astray. I am not um, evil. I'm
3: yeah. just spicy.
0: Anyway, all right. Well, I think. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. So, did you have any any last thing you want to want to say before we we end our episode? Yeah,
1: I think I'll, I I was just gonna like piggyback really quick on that last note. It's like if we're gonna bring this back to like learning tarot and like all that. Yeah. Um, for people that are learn that are a little bit newer in learning, take as much time as you need. There is absolutely no br- like, you know, with in such a quick digestible world, it took me like at least maybe a year and a half to get comfortable with the cards, where I didn't have to solely rely on the book. Yeah like maybe a year and a half so it t- it took me a while and expect it to be a process tarot itself is a journey yeah so yeah allow it to be that just let it be
0: that i mean it's
3: literally the full yeah
0: well and that's yeah. I, that, that, and that's that's a beautiful way to look at that too you know it's like yeah everything doesn't need to happen overnight and and yes yeah. anything like anything that would be a spiritual component is it would be healthy to look at it or consider it more like a journey absolutely
1: yeah yeah
0: oh mm-hmm. um, cool all right well it has been a pleasure visiting and talking with you today you are you are very you are very smart you know your stuff and um and we we enjoy watching and 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 sharing with you online in the ways that we can and um and i'm sure our listeners will will enjoy the information that you gave us today as well um
3: where can our listeners find you yes
1: so um for the most part you will probably find me on tiktok um it's art leo underscore tarot um same user handle on Instagram, um, and still working on my website, but, um, it's still a wix.com. Like, you know, I've paid for the domain name yet, yeah. but, uh, but, uh, you can find my website through my beacon link through Instagram or, um, TikTok as well. If you want to peruse a little bit more currently as, as of, um, probably the posting of this, um, episode, uh, I'm probably not doing readings at the moment because I'm still like in a bit of a transient state, but, um, you know, hopefully that will get back on the running soon. Um, but yeah, if you want more tarot educational content or just random conglomerate then <laughs> then uh, feel free and stop by.
0: Okay, well, we will make sure we share your links when we post this episode as well so that people will have those to refer to. So yeah, um, yeah. Thank so, well, thank you so much. All right, you have an amazing day and um, we I'm sure we'll be chatting with you in the future. Yeah.
1: All right, we'll see you then.
0: All right, thank okay. you. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.